What's up, everybody? We're back with Four Winds in June. I'm Danon. I'm Ryan. And we have a special guest, King Super fan, Chase Larson. Hey, glad to be on the show. Happy to come here and talk about the Kings. Awesome, awesome. So, Chase, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, currently I'm an online college student. I'm uh, living in California with my wife. Uh, we're really big sports fans, grew up playing sports. Um, I did basketball, football, and volleyball growing up. So those are kind of my three core sports. Um, basketball, I'm, fortunately, I'm not that good, but uh, come <laughs> on, playing, come but on. I love watching. I love my Kings since day one. Um, and yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to talk about the Kings a little bit later on the pod, but we wanted to wrap up this weekend of games and what's been happening in the NBA recently. We had a Pretty fun matchup, <laughs> Lakers at Celtics to finish off rivalry week. It was pretty fun. I mean, we got to give credit to Adam Silver. Rivalry week was a huge success. You look through those games that were listed under that umbrella, and they were all really good for one reason or another. And Lakers-Celtics was kind of like the the capstone of that and really show what truly means to be rivals. Even though these players may like each other off the court, when you're wearing Lakers and Celtics jerseys, you hate each other. Yeah. And so it, it was a really good game, kind of embodied that spirit, and so it was super fun to watch. Yeah, it was a good game, and, and a lot of stuff happened. We know the mm-hmm. LeBron no-call. He went up. I thought it was interesting that usually LeBron will settle for, like, a jumper or something, mm-hmm. but it's like he's an insane driver, yeah. and he finally drove to the basket, and he did what he was supposed to do. He got by Brogdon so yeah. easily and went up and just got hammered by Jason Tatum. <laughs> he did what the Twitter GMs have been telling him to do for his entire 20-year career, and he got fouled, and they didn't call it. So maybe I'll go back to the jumpers now. Um, but, you know, I, I do – it was a foul. It was hard, but they didn't lose the game because of that. They still could have gone into overtime and played well and won the game. So you, you can't bail them out entirely because of that excuse. But my favorite quote of all of this – was from Patrick Beverly after the game when he said he was talking to LeBron in the locker room and he's like, I've been around 14 years. I ain't never see react like that. And LeBron responded and said, Pat, I ain't going to lie. I almost lost my crap. <laughs> he's like, almost? <laughs> you were on your hands and knees yeah. begging for the ref. Almost. <laughs> that was like you lost the NBA Finals. Yeah, even when he got swept in the Finals, he didn't react like that. Yeah. So like... <laughs> I don't know what LeBron means almost. I know he's heated in the moment, but wow. That, that was a funny quote for me. Also, Patrick Beverly, all-time technical. One of the all-time funniest moments sure. in the NBA League history. So many great memes that come from that. So thank you, Pat Bev. That was, that was hilarious. Yeah, one of the best, just the best late game like show. I don't know. The, the NBA is a show. Yeah. And the Lakers made it a show that night. It was pretty fun. They did. But glad my Celtics came out to win. A win's a win. Honestly, it feels better. We cheated the Lakers out of a win, probably. <laughs> um, so, feels good. Snap that three-game losing streak, get back on the right path. So, life is good over here in Celtics Nation. There we go. We also had a, a top performer last night, uh, Doncic. Mm-hmm. scored in 53. Just another... Shocker. Just another night. You know, right when he comes back from his little one-and-a-half game injury. But he was on fire and it's it's so funny when like stars when people start chirping at yeah. stars they're in a pop off it's like the one thing you don't want to do 
Yeah, I don't know what he was referencing to the Pistons assistant coach Jerome Allen started chirping at Luka Doncic in the game. I don't know what Jerome Allen was thinking. I, I don't even know who he is really. To Luka, talk trash to Luka Doncic. And Luka said that so too I, to him. He said, who are you? Yeah, so bold call, bro. It didn't really work out for you. I don't know if you really should be doing that in the future. Just coach your own players and don't piss off the stars. Now, if he was like trash talking like Dwight, uh, Dwight Powell on the Mavericks or uh, Dallas Bertans or Bullock, I could understand <laughs> that because you could get under their skins. But don't trash talk Luka. Yeah, he's just going to turn that into... 53 points. Exactly. Uh, we also had Steph versus SGA, uh, kind of a d- debate, debatable topic of who's going to be an all-star starter. Mm-hmm. Steph obviously uh, proving himself over and over again. He got the nod, but SGA is kind of up and coming. And a lot of people thought that he was a kind of a like a, a what is it? What do you call it? A, a cornerstone. A corner, a, yeah, yeah. He is a cornerstone piece of the Thunder and. He's playing out of his mind this season. He deserves to be an all-star, and he will be a reserve. But when you're competing for two spots with Steph and Luka, it's hard. Yeah. But they had a great battle. Steph put up 38-12-8 versus uh, SGA put up 31-7-4. So, uh, really entertaining game. The Warriors came out with a dub, um, which was expected. The Almost blew a 20-point lead. They well, did, they, but... They yeah. <laughs> so, the Warriors came out with a dub, but as two of the greatest point guards in the league, I think... SJ will be an All-NBA team member if he stays healthy this season. Um, so God give him his flowers. He's playing really well, and he'll continue to take that next leap, especially when he's going to have the lob threat of Chet Holgram next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that, that was one uh, rising star that we, we missed this year is yeah. Chet. But speaking of rising stars, uh, the NBA released the Jordan Rising Stars players, and it's pretty cool because we have rookies, sophomores. You know, that's normal, but now... We have NBA G Leaguers as well, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And we, uh, now we have uh, three players from the G League Ignite team as well. One of them being the uh, almost confirmed second pick in the draft, Scoot Henderson, who many say if it wasn't for Victor Webinyama, he would be a number one pick. Um, so I'm excited to see him play. He has potential playing this game three times in his career, which probably is a new record. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. So sure. I'm excited to watch him play. I've seen a couple Rising Stars games, um, and he's looked really well in those. I know he's hurt right now, but hopefully it'll be healthy, healthy for then so we can see him kind of go against some of these rookies and sophomores in the league and see where he, he stacks up already. Yeah, and you have your rookies like Paulo ban- Banquero. Pretty sure that's how you say it. Um, and Jaden Ivey, right? Benedict Matherin. You have your your Rookie of the Year candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that they put uh, Walker Kessler. He's kind of a interesting a star. He's a beast. rising star. I don't know. You know, he's he's, doing he's great a big guy, in but, Utah. but great things I don't know. in Utah. He he's decent, but I mean, I guess you don't put anyone else up there. There's not a lot of he rookies. deserves to be on that list. I mean, I put I put PBJ from the Warriors. He's a PBG he's doesn't a, play. He's a wet ball. He doesn't play. You bias Homer. He's a wet ball. But yeah, I like, I like, Walker Kessler deserves to be on that bro, list. Bro, if he was on that team, he Walker Kessler's third in Rookie of the Year voting. Okay, but how how is he third? Yeah, but Ben Carroll, Ivy, Ivy, come on, Ivy's been hurt, and, and Murray. Keegan Murray, Matherin. We'll get into Keegan Murray later, but Walker Kessler's been balling. All those players. Jabari Smith, he's better. Come on. 
Come on, the, let's... the stats say uh, speak for themselves. Put some respect on Walker Kessler. Uh, he's just a he's a diamond does another big man. You just hate him because he's on the Jazz. I hate him because he's on the Jazz and he's just a copycat of Gobert. And Gobert does not deserve three Defensive Player of the Years. He's not Gobert. Anyway, he's anyway, different. He's his own player. Anyway, it, the sophomores that we have, we have GTA Grand Theft Alvarado. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty good to have him in there. He'll be funny. And a little pickpocket Scoot Henderson, maybe that'd maybe, be fun. Maybe and, and Bones. Yeah, Bones. Bones. Don't know what team he's gonna be on. He removed the Nuggets from his social media accounts, so he might be on the move. The Nuggets are shopping him. Interesting, interesting. And who else? Yeah, Scotty Barnes. That was pretty funny last night. Scotty and got in in it with Aiton. Yeah. Or I guess Aiton got in it with Scotty. And Scotty's Scott a just, funny guy. He just plain face stared at him. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of your. Your rising stars and Walker Kessler. Uh, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll fight you on that. One. But but would you fight me on uh, the All Star coach? Oh no, Joe Mazzula, my boy, interim coach to the Stars will be. He's clinched the best record in the East, so he'll be coaching Team Giannis. Um, so I'm super excited for that. He's so funny. He he has so many funny quotes, funny uh, interactions with the players. So as you guys kind of get to see him and hear from him in All Star Weekend. You'll, you'll grow to love him as well. Um, the reporters asked him about, because now that the All-Star draft taking place right before the game, they're like, how are you going to coach this? It's going to be hard. He goes, you don't coach. It's the All-Star game. Exactly. And <laughs> so, what, what's the thing with him being interim still? Are they, When are they going to say you're the head coach and say bye legally, Ime Adoka? Legally, they can't make him the head coach while Ime is still technically with the team. Mm-hmm. So it's really up whenever Ime leaves or they fire Ime that they'll be able to make him the head coach. So it's I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but until the email's gone, they can't make him the head coach. Interesting. Well, Missoula will be coaching one or the other of these players, LeBron or KD, hopefully. And fun fact, they haven't played each other, LeBron and KD haven't played each other since Christmas Day in 2018. So it's been almost three years. It's been four or years. Five years, five years, sorry. Just We're 2023. Yeah. Five Which, years. Almost. They always one of them seems to be hurt, and it's just a shame. They gave us so many good final series in the Cleveland Golden State days, so it's a shame we haven't been able to see them. But hopefully, one day they will. Maybe next year, because it's definitely not going to happen in the finals. Probably not. <laughs> we, we can you can uh, pick which team we're we're referencing that won't make the finals. We'll let you decide that. We're talking about both of them. I'm not scared. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's could could eh. you know give a run for the money. You I'm always not scared. You always have Kyrie and KD, you never know. Hey, 4-0 last year. Let's go. <laughs> but a team that hasn't won uh, for a while in a certain area is the Wizards until last night. They haven't won San Antonio since, what, 1999. It's been 8,451 days. That's crazy. So shout out to the Wizards for breaking that, that curse in San Antonio. They also have the longest active win streak in the NBA at six wins. So don't oh. sleep on the Wizards. They're coming for that plan. Watch out. They've been playing some really... Tough competition recently. <laughs> the Wiz kids are coming for it. Don't worry. <laughs> Shout out to the Wiz kids. They're playing some good basketball over there. Oh, yeah. Haven't lost since they traded Rui. Everyone said that was a bad trade. Well, that's lost. true. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, he's popping off now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another highlight is Westbrook. We have to give him his flowers for passing mm-hmm. Gary Payton for the 10th of all-time assists. Yep. Um, so Great accomplishment for him. Shout out Westbrook. Keep playing the way you're playing. Keep having fun, you know? For sure, for sure. And another cool, interesting stat is Ant Edwards. 
Um, supposedly, he eats 21 bags of hot Cheeto fries per week. So that's three a day. That's one with every meal. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I know he works out a ton. He burns a lot of calories, so you can afford to eat more calories. But, but wow. Hey, hey, to the kids out there, you know, you can eat. Don't do that. You can eat hot Cheetos and still no, play in the don't NBA. Don't do that. <laughs> that's that's got to be bad for your stomach, I feel like. It's like, a, I love spicy food. I love hot Cheetos and everything that, that's hot. Very like nutritious. 21 a week is... That is, uh, that is bad. Bad for your heart. Something like that. But anyway. Well, now we want to get to our highlight. We wanted to talk about the Kings, Sacramento Kings, and, and Chase has a lot to say about them. Uh, let's start first off with the Beam Team. What do you think beam about team. What do you think about that, Chase? <laughs> well, I just want to back up really quick. Okay, okay. interesting uh, stats that you guys are, are finding. 21 bags of hot Cheetos. And also, Westbrook, we need to take a look at his turnover total numbers, too. <laughs> uh, I'm not a hater. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's you know? true. The assist-to-turnover ratio. <laughs> well, look, okay, on to the important stuff. Yeah, the beam team, it's great. It's been a great year so far. Huge success with Mike Brown um, as our head coach. And just looking forward to seeing how far we can go. Um, is this the year we make it back into the playoffs? I'm really excited. So yeah. just looking forward to to seeing how this plays out. Yeah. Just to answer your question about Westbrook, he's third all-time in turnovers. Uh, Amir about 600 behind LeBron. So two of the three on, okay. the, on the Lakers right now. So shout out Lakers. There we go. Doing a good job. <laughs> they really protect the ball. There we go. So answer your question on that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, the Kings, they're, they're a really exciting team. I feel like... Like you were talking about Mike Brown, he really came in and kind of installed that fun culture that he picked up in the Warriors being an assistant for all those years. And they're just having a fun time with that. I love the beam. I think it's hilarious. I love how they roasted everyone saying, like, oh, it's only been lit like 10 times this year. They're lighting that thing every week, it feels like. So yeah. it's a really fun team. It's surprising. Darren Fox and Sabonis should both be all-stars, in my opinion. I think they got a good chance of making it. But they really take it on next step, and it's it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, it's fun, the whole, like, the beam. That's a lot of fun stuff. But it's really important for Sacramento, if you if you think about it. When, when we think about Sacramento fans or the Kings in general, we kind of just go back to those Mike Bibby and Chris Webber and Vladi Divac days. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we've held on to for years (laughs) that's been like our culture and like oh why can't we have that team back so it's just nice to like you know have some have some fun see see the players having fun and and having that culture being built with mike brown yeah i thought that was a really good move with the beam totally with culture um you have something to cheer for now it's because it's like you have a, a goal of making the playoffs but like you have to do steps to reach that goal right it's a big goal and so, like, an incentive, like, lighting the beam, like, even though it's small and kind of dumb, like, I think that actually motivates these Kings players. Like, I think it, I think it does, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. One thing that people want to talk about that the Kings also doing is the, the D-Pog chain. I know it's kind of flown on the radar. They announced it, like, a month ago where they get that cool chain with the defensive player, defensive yeah. player of the game, which I know some other teams low-key have picked up on. I've seen... The Cavs have a, a chain like that to give to a player of the game. So I, I know it's not talked about much, but if I was in that locker room, I'd want that cool chain. I want to be the defensive player of the game. So I feel like that really motivates them to hustle on defense and 
and um, try and stop the person in front of them so they can get that cool chain as well. Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I've been seeing uh, Keegan Murray, like, winning that chain a lot in, yeah. the, in the locker room. So I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so... We have that chain. We have the Mike Brown coming in as the coach, bringing that winning culture from, from the Warriors over to the Kings. Um, I guess out of all your your players that have ever, I guess we can say that have ever played on the Kings. Um, what would be your favorite player if it's back then, and maybe maybe give us one back then and one one now. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. Um. So I my I was a little young. For the um, Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, Peja, you know Stoyakovic days, but mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of grew up with the Demarcus Cousins and uh, Isaiah Thomas, Jimmer Fredette, like that kind of age of the Kings basketball. So I would have to say, if we're looking at past players, I mean Demarcus Cousins was when he was on the Kings and before injuries, he was unstoppable. No, People yeah. would say that Anthony Davis was the best center in the league, and I would I would disagree with them every day because Demarcus Cousins, I he put the team. I mean, they weren't a good team, but he put the team on their back. He made them at least a competing team every game. And sure. so Demarcus Cousins, although he can be pretty emotional and kind of crazy sometimes, I always got a kick out of him. I liked him. Yeah. And then, yeah, looking forward now, um, you know, I really like Davion Mitchell. I feel like he's he's kind of up and coming. Um, he's he's like this defensive uh, kind of you know master for the Kings and able to lock down these point guards. But besides, I mean, besides him, I really like him. I, I would say De'Aaron Fox. He's just he he's got that same mindset I think that Demarcus had with coming to a Sacramento team that was been you know been losing, hasn't had much success, um, and just just to see him play and get. 100% effort. He's running down the court all the time. He's so fast and he's just so fun to watch. So I'd probably say De'Aaron Fox right now. Yeah, that's totally fair. I love that you brought up Boogie Cousins. I think King's Boogie is so underrated. Sure. I think he was one of the funnest players to, to watch play basketball because whenever he stepped on the court when he was on the Kings, he played like he knew he was the best player in the league. He played like no one could stop him. That picture of can't Carl Anthony Towns kind of back him down and just stands there because he knows Carl Anthony Towns is soft. Um, so it's just he he played with so much swagger that players nowadays kind of miss out on. Um, and so some people kind of interpret it as he's toxic, but I love the mentality that Boogie brings to the game. I wish he was still in the league. I think he could have some more fun and make some good cool plays like he did with the Nuggets his last postseason run. But yeah. I like that. That's you know, it's funny. It's even his emotional kind of outburst in the game. They were always fun too. Like I don't know if you guys ever remember him and Chris Paul. They had some some problems. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he just like threw the ball at him one time after they lost. I don't know. He just he made for good TV. Yeah. You know, he was a fun fun guy to watch. He was fun to watch for sure. He definitely put on a show. Um, and I like how you bring back like uh, DeMar- Demarcus Cousins and Isaiah Thomas. I feel like. Back then, the Kings were kind of more focused on stars and just building up stars and trying to get hype and stuff. But the, I think what's making this team work um, is that you have you have Fox and Sabonis, they're stars, right? But you you're kind of playing more team basketball. Um, how would you how would you say like De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis that combo? How would you say that's working out right now? 
I think it's working better than people thought it would. Because I think people thought Sabonis was kind of this, you know, little bit of a point forward almost. Like he liked to run things, run things through him. But they've been sharing the ball well. And I think part of that is they both have been a little overlooked, I feel like, in their careers. But like both where they landed. So Sabonis was in um, on the Pacers in Indiana. And De'Aaron was in Sacramento, and you don't really get much love in those small market teams. That's true. And I feel like when they they came together, they have the same mindset. You know, they're, they're confident together. They they didn't make the All Star team, right? They got kind of snubbed. So it's like, anyway, I feel like their connection they're really similar, and they just want to win. And that's bringing this you know mindset to the team of hey, let's let's play our best. Let's you know go out there, give 100%. I just think that they have so much in common that it's helping lead the team in a way that the Kings haven't really seen before in, in uh, prior years. So, For sure, for sure. And I think the Sabonis and Halliburton trade, mm-hmm. I thought that was great for both teams because the Kings drafted Halliburton, but they already had a, a solid like up-and-coming point guard with De'Aaron Fox, who has experience, and he just needed more players, more role players on his team to help him. And then you trade that Halliburton, you know, has a lot of upside for Sabonis, who's already been an all-star once um, before, I'm pretty sure. I think it was twice. Maybe twice. But you trade for an all-star, and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. But it's like you already know what you're getting with Sabonis. And so when you put him into that situation with, and you just bring in some other players... Um, I think it works out pretty good. And one, some of those other players that they've drafted, um, Davon Mitchell, you already referenced them, him, but also Keegan Murray. Um, how would you say the impact of those two players have had on your team? They're just a defensive force, both of them. You know, Davion's just so scrappy, goes after every ball. But Keegan's been just the surprise. Like, I, I'll be honest, when they drafted him, I was a little worried because... Uh, there was good things coming out of him from college, but the the Kings have just missed on so many draft picks. They missed Luca when they took, I think, what was it, Marvin Bagley, right, yeah. Yeah. ahead of him. So it's like I was a little worried. I was a little hesitant. And with Halliburton, I loved him, but then they traded him away. And so, I, I yeah, I wasn't sure about Keegan Murray at first, but, man, he's just he's come out. He's been a starter for them. He's played well. He's he's made a lot of three pointers, which has been surprising. I've I've really liked that. But he has he has been the surprise for me on this team. The way he's come in and he's just handled it so professionally, great. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing him play more. Yeah, I think I remember draft night. Uh, the top three obviously were probably pretty set with Paolo Chet and Jabari Smith Jr. Um, and so. I view Jaden Ivey as the fourth best player in this draft. I've, I've viewed him a little higher than Keegan Murray. Um, but because uh, I kind of viewed the Kings as, well, maybe they try and move off De'Aaron Fox while he's hot because he kind of, the Kings kind of need a fresh start. And I think Jaden Ivey could have been that guy. But like you said, Keegan Murray just fits seamlessly into what this team wanted to do. And him and D- Davion Mitchell, who, by the way, Davion Mitchell is one of the coolest nicknames, off night, it's kind of tough. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I think with those two coming in and kind of showing the, the organization that, hey, we don't need a fresh start. We just need a couple more pieces to kind of mesh well together. Um, I think it, it was really cool that they were able to kind of see that in the 
in the drafting process didn't just go for the best overall player in Jay and Ivy like I thought they would have. But just to go back to the, the trade for just one second, because there's one piece I want to mention. In the Tyrese Halliburton trade, you also sent up Buddy Heald, who was, in my opinion, one of the most iconic Kings players for a long time. So, like, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Buddy Heald? Do, do you miss him? Do you wish he was back? What, what no, do you think no, about you know, It's funny you say that, because it really is true. Like, Buddy Heald was iconic. I don't know how much Kings basketball you guys watched with Buddy Heald, but Not a lot. <laughs> he made some game winners. He made he made some game winners. Mm. He was just fun. He he would like. I think he said that he was gonna. Um, I, he made some like bet. He was like, "We're gonna make the playoffs," or I'm. I forget what it is. Like getting rid of my house or something like. That. I don't know. <laughs> but he was just electrifying. He was fun. And the organization really wanted him to be like the Steph Curry for him, for, for them. And he wasn't at that level, but he sure was he sure was a good player and a good um, three-point shooter. Now, I will say, I don't really miss his inconsistency. Uh, there were some nights when he was, you know, like <laughs> two for 12. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't really make anything. And that kind of, I think that kind of brought the team down. But, like, overall, I really do miss him. Those two players getting shipped off to Indiana, that was that was hard for me to see, especially yeah. since I didn't really watch uh, the Pacers play much. So I didn't really have a good idea of Sabonis and who he was. Um, but, yeah, I do I do miss Buddy Heald. He was a good player. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think he's one of the, the most – I know he has off nights, but when he's on, he's on. He doesn't miss. So he's oh, one yeah, of, yeah. I think he's breaking records, like, fastest to – the certain three-point makes, which obviously is because Steph changed the game, and Steph would have hit that way quicker if he wasn't injured the first couple of seasons. But he's doing things that we don't see very often. He's shooting at a clip that is very impressive. Um, so it, I know I know Kings fans took that hard when he left, but I think hopefully Buddy Heald finds his role into a kind of making the playoffs when you're kind of the Pacers is going to make it this year. But I would love to see him play some some playoff basketball at some point in his career because he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, I'm sure he would have some really great moments in the playoffs too. That's what I was looking forward for him doing it here in Sacramento, but maybe yeah. in Indiana. Maybe he comes back. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll take him. Yeah. I think one of the players this year that you guys have um, that's really stepped up is Malik Monk. Um, I think he kind of fits into that uh, – that uh, Buddy Heald type of player. More explosive, though. And probably, I don't know, both of them don't really play defense, but I'd say Malik Monk probably plays better defense. Um, but what, a, what are your thoughts on Malik Monk? So when the Kings signed Malik Monk, um, or they got him in the offseason, I was like, okay, here we go again. Every year the Kings get mediocre or, you know, used to be stars in free agency um and i didn't even i didn't even really know like where malik monk was because I, I i heard about him coming out of the draft and stuff but then he kind of just disappeared with the hornets um and i guess he was on the lakers last uh so seeing him play the way he's playing right now he's not just a defensive presence and you know consistent for them he's scoring points he's putting up points for them which is really important because when you're locking down Sabonis or Fox is having a bad night, who are you going to go to? Harrison Barnes? Like, you know, you, you can, but to have Malik Monk playing the way he is and scoring the amount of points he is, it, it's just, it's great to see as a Kings fan because it's like, 
we finally won with one of these gets in the offseason. We finally, you know, got a role player and someone that's going to help our team win. So Yeah, for sure. And I, I like how you mentioned that, like, who's going to score, right, besides Fox? I think that's kind of like one of your guys' concerns is that you guys need a, another player that can just take over, right? Uh, can score in little bunches. Uh, do you think that he's that player for you guys? I think so. I think Malik Monk needs to... I, I definitely think this team needs to, you know, have some more time together. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is our year, but and I hope it is, but, like, this team definitely needs to play more together. And they're still young, and so they have time. But I think that Malik Monk can really grow in his role and become uh, a very solid, you know, scorer, uh, whether it be, you know, him starting or off the bench. Yeah. I think he's really found a, a home after the Lakers corrupted him for that year he was there. I mean, I just hate seeing players go to L.A. and get ruined. Um, <laughs> but I think when you're talking about scoring for the Kings, I think it'd be almost criminal if we didn't bring bring up Kevin Herter, the Rick yes. Wall man himself, <laughs> the legend. He's, he's dropping 15 points a game on 47% from the field, 40% from three, just absolute lights-out shooter right now. Um, you, you guys kind of fleeced the Hawks there at the deadline because the Hawks kind of had a, a buildup of players at that position, so they're kind of trying to offload him. And you guys swept in at deadline and kind of acquired him for next to nothing. Um, I think people don't right, realize that trade um, was so impactful for you guys because Kevin Herter's turned out to be a really good player. And Kevin Herter's he's come in clutch in big moments. Uh, a couple you know, close games, fourth quarter, going to overtime. He's been the one to, to make those threes and get the Kings back in it. So I love to see him play. My wife loves to see him play. She thinks it's so funny. He, he just looks, like, so young. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got this, like, you know, red hair. And he's he's kind of funny looking. But he's, yeah, we, we love him on the Kings. He's great. Wasn't it Keegan, uh, Kevin Herter who got fouled by the Lakers at the end of the game and they didn't call it and they lost because of that? think so i know we watched a game recently where he just took over in the fourth quarter um but i think that is right you know we we get screwed over every time we play the, the lakers by the refs so that's true that's true no, I, I did see there's this one viral clip it's like the king's fans or the king's might have the best fans in the league and i think it's one where like deer and fox like drove missed it and it, it was a close game in the fourth quarter and then they like battled out the rebound. I think another guy missed, but then it like got kicked out to Herder, and it was just an in rhythm three at the top of the the key, and he just swished it, and everyone just went crazy. It was just like a a huge build up, and the fans went crazy. I thought that was fun. Get the cowbells out. Do you guys remember? I don't know if you guys remember the cowbells. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun. Yeah. That's the staple. Yeah. <laughs> And so you mentioned that the Kings, you think they just need a little more time to play together. I think so, too. I think, you know, this is the first half of the season. We have to see what, what's the future look like. Do you think that they need to make any moves at the trade deadline, dump players or get players? What are you thinking? Um, nothing big. I don't think they need to make any major moves right now. I think they really need to see what they got and kind of ride this, uh, this wave that they're going on. Sure. I would like to see some other players getting some more time. Um, I think Trey Lyles has been playing great. Uh, I also, I, I've i missed seeing Rashawn Holmes on the floor. I know he gets hurt sometimes and stuff, but 
he was a really big player for us a couple of years, um, mm-hmm. a couple of years back when when we really had nobody besides Darren Fox, and he made some some big plays and, and you know really good rebounder, good at defense. So I would like to see him play more. I think keep the team where it is, just you know make sure that some guys are are showing what they can do and put them in the right places to have success. But I, I will say, I mean, I know I'm saying that, and I'm going to kind of contradict myself when I say this, but I think Mike Brown has done a fantastic job at rotation and putting the right guys in. Just because, you know, when um, – uh, oh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Luke, uh, Luke the coach Walton. before. Luke Walton. Yeah. yeah. When he was there, I, I just felt like, you know, we had guys on the court that shouldn't have been in there, should have been taken out. Um, it's kind of weird substitutions and stuff. And so Mike Brown has, has been doing a really great job. I just want to see them kind of, um, extend their reach a little bit into the, into the bench and develop a little bit more depth because if Darren Fox goes down, it's D it's Davion Mitchell. And then, you know, Del Vadova. So (laughs) we really need to develop some, we really need to develop some, some of our bench players. I feel like. I feel like one trade I would love to see the Kings make is I feel like I would love to see them move on from Harrison Barnes. I feel like he's a little too old to fit the, the time frame that you guys are trying to win a championship at. I feel like he still has some value around the league. I feel like some some other teams who have maybe have an older time window could really value him and give you guys some good assets, maybe get, give you back a younger player um, in return for um, Harrison Barnes' service. So I, I know it may be hard because you guys love Harrison Barnes over there. But, but who would you have as a veteran? You need a veteran Dola guy. Dola. Yeah. NBA championship, Matt, Matthew Dolladova. Second best player on the, what, 2018 Cavs? Who doesn't play at all these days? Hey, he's a veteran. <laughs> he should be back in Australia. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Chase. I want to I see what the Kings do. I, I think they should just keep it, let it ride, and, you know, hope every, everyone's healthy, especially Fox. And next season, we'll see what happens. Maybe Davion Mitchell pops off this next season and adds more game to, a, to his offensive bag. Or they, they trade for someone that's, you know, a great backup point guard. Um, we'll see what happens. Now, here, here's an idea for you guys, for you crosstown rivals. Harrison Barnes to the Warriors, maybe. Maybe you get oh. back like a... Um, uh, Moses Moody or jo- uh, Wiseman, maybe one of those young prospects, a kind of borderline rotational player for the Warriors. Yeah. And Harrison Barnes win now with Steph. I feel like he would space the floor pretty well for them. So that's true. So here, here's a quick question I got: What do you guys think, or who do you guys think the Kings get in return for Harrison Barnes? Do you think it'd be more like draft picks, or you know, solid rotational players? It'd probably be more, yeah, like young players and draft picks, yeah. which I think that you guys have a lot of. I think it would be more similar to the Rui Hachimura trade, where if you get back maybe a young player, a player who kind of fell, fall out of the rotation in exchange for two or three second-round picks. I think okay. that would probably be the Harrison Barnes trade. But depending on who you get back, I think feel like it could be worth it. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, Harrison Barnes definitely feels a little separated from the rest of them, just in terms of age and um, the way he plays and stuff. But I, I do like him as a veteran presence in the room, kind of like what Dana was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wouldn't mind the trade, though. I think it's a good idea. They could always stockpile on more draft picks to help their young team. So. Yeah, and I mean, he's making nearly $20 million a year, so that's a pretty big contract to move. Maybe sure. go out and get, get an upgrade. Maybe go out and get John Collins out of Atlanta, who's upset. John Collins could fit pretty well on this team. He's younger. That's true. He's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good guess. point. Well, I think that's going to do it for our little King segment. But um, I, th- I think we'll, we'll see what's going to happen with trades with the Kings. If they ride it out uh, the second half of the season, they're going to have still a lot to prove, I think. But things are in the right direction for sure. Uh, this year is a big turnaround. Um, I guess, would you have any last thoughts about the Kings, Chase? You know what? Yeah, just before before I finish, I guess, with the Kings, um, I'm kind of excited to see this second half, too, like you were talking about. The Kings in the past, they, they kind of felt like, you know, they do well for a stretch of games, and then they fall off a cliff. Or they're in a game in the fourth quarter, and then they just really lose it. And I haven't seen that so far this year, and I think that goes back to coaching and, and goes back to Coach Mark Brown. But I'm just excited to see this team, if they can hold out and if they can keep playing the, you know, the way they are and they, the way they want to be, um, by the end of the second half season, I think they'll be a dangerous team in the playoffs. So the difference this year, just with the consistency and the, the playing level, it's just it's so great to see. And, and yeah, I hope, I hope they make the playoffs. hope it's a good run because Sacramento needs it. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Chase, for joining. Um, we'll see you around, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, see ya. All right, bye. All right, well, that will do it for the Kings. Um, let's head into our bets, of course. Yeah, last time was a, a great time. I swept Dan in, the first ever sweep of the pod. <laughs> um, I'm really not good at this. <laughs> Uh, I think last time you kind of predicted you, you might get swept, too. You, you kind of called it. Yeah. Um, but I went 5-0 and last time, so I'm up 4-1-1 to one to one right now in the series. Didn't blow a 3-1 lead, so excited about that. But let's get right into the games. There's another five games today, a TNT doubleheader, um, some fun games to watch. I'm excited for this first game. It's Heat at Cavs. Um, both teams kind of dealing with some injuries, kind of floating around the middle of the pack in the East. But the Cavs are... Minus four and a half point favorites, which if they're at home and they're playing the Heat and the Heat kind of they kind of struggle from time to time, I think I'm gonna take the Cavs. Okay, that's fair. And they're at home, so they have a little bit bit of an advantage there. Next game we have is Lakers at Knicks. Uh, the Knicks are favored one and a half, but LeBron is healthy, should be playing. He finished protesting the refs. <laughs> and AD should be back probable. Um, he was protesting with them. It's only 1.5. I think it's going to be close. I, I'll, I'll take the Lakers. I'll take LeBron. Ooh. Bounce back game. I thought you were going to go Knicks. Nah. He's going to go uh, in the MSG. Like he's going to pop off. I think the Lakers are too focused on the foul call. I think they're distracted. Huh. I think the Knicks kind of... But they, are, but they already had that game against the Nets to just But LeBron didn't away. play again in that That's game. That's true. But. So I think LeBron kind of still has that foul in his mind. So I think he's going to... Be preoccupied to focus on the Knicks. <laughs> and Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, they, if you're not focused, they will kill you. They're going So on. I think the Knicks handle them easily. Okay, okay. But the next thing we got is the Clippers at Bulls, which the Clippers are minus three favorite on the road. Um, it's kind of surprising, but the Kawhi and Paul George should be back. It's not back-to-back, so they should be playing together. And when that team is healthy with Luke Kennard playing, 
They they yeah. got shooting, they got defense, they got everything, and the Bulls just kind of flounder. But they do play well against uh, good teams. But I think the Clippers healthy just too much. I'm gonna go with the Clippers. I agree. That's a good pick. Next we have Hornets at Bucks. Bucks are favorite eleven points at home. It is the Hornets, of course. Hey, we all know what happened last time to play the Hornets. But Hornets whooped the Bucks last time. They did. They did. So eleven points is huge, but. Since they got beaten last time by a lot, I think the Bucks seek revenge. I'm gonna pick them. I'm gonna pick the big spread. Yeah, no Bucks. Fair. I think the Bucks will smack them. I don't think. The, I think the Hornets had a lucky game last time. As much as I loved watching Giannis lose, um, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen again. And then the final game we have tonight is Pelicans at Nuggets. The Pelicans kind of struggling. They lost a couple in a row. They started to slide down to that. Dangerous 3-13 to 13 in the West, <laughs> which a week of games can change everything. Um, so they, they really need this win. The Nuggets need this win as well to, to keep the distance between them and the Grizzlies for the top seed. Um, so they're both going to be given that they're all. But as I said last time, I learned to not bet against the Nuggets. Even 6.5-point favorites, I got to go with the Nuggets. That's fair. That's fair. Yo. The Nuggets don't lose at home as well. They don't. They're Are they the best home team? If not, they're one of the they're best. They're up there. With the Warriors and who else? The Grizzlies? I don't know. But anyway, I think that's going to do it for our, our pod today. Um, we talked about the Kings, talked about Rising Stars, and of course we made our bets. So hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. We'll catch you next time.